0: Hey, we say good evening. Wow. Good, uh, good bunch out here tonight. Great evening. And uh, we'll just get right started at 7 o'clock. Don't want to waste your time and your money here, so we're going to go right for it. Uh, hey, there are two lies that are prevalent in our culture today. You know what they are? One of them is life is random. Everything in life it's all random. It's just, uh, just chance. That's a big lie that's told in our uh, culture, in our society. Another one is that truth is relative. Everybody's heard that. So there are the two lies that really are pervading in the kind of culture that we live in. And so it flies right in the face of what we do right here as we study God's Word. God's Word goes totally against the grain of what the rest of the world is doing out there. And so... um, we should not find it surprising when people do not believe what we believe. But the whole thing is, is that we want to take this stuff into the culture so that they too can see what truth is and see if there is such a thing as truth and that there is uh, not a random kind of life, but it was done by design. So uh, two ideologies there uh, rule, and they come down to this. There is no creator and there are no laws, or moral laws, we'll put it that way. No creator. If you don't have a creator, then there are really no moral laws. And so, therefore, it makes it quite comfortable to live a worldly kind of life. The kind of life you want to live, having nobody over you whatsoever to tell you what you can and can't do. (laughs) And so, therefore, that's what people really want. No accountability to somebody who created. So, God is a creator, and the Bible is what reveals who he is and what his moral law is. So, those are the two, two lies. And, of course, you know, I think the whole idea of creation versus evolution, it looks like creation is losing when you see it all throughout education and the government and all throughout our society and every situation that you turn to, uh, that lie is sticking out. And, uh, therefore, uh, we have to continue to go against us. That's why it's so good to turn into Genesis and see exactly how, uh, at least in the way that God has revealed it to us, he's given us as much light as we'll ever need and realize that this is what he did. And it's incredible that he revealed it to us. Um, Most of you guys are probably familiar with R.C. Sproul. Uh, I think we can call him a theologian. He's a great pastor, teacher, uh, great scholar. Uh, But he's really known for his philosophy uh, and also being a theologian uh, philosopher, which is kind of uh, different. But philosophy is good. It's a a study of wisdom. And if you use philosophy coming from a biblical view, that's good. Uh, Anyway, he came up with four options. There are only four options that can be as far as the origin of the universe. And we'll see that three of those have to be ruled out by the time we're done with it. Uh, he went around to different um, universities, talking to different philosophers, talking to scholars, talk, talking to different theologians, and uh, they all agreed that there couldn't be more than these four options. One of them is that this universe is just an illusion. It's just an illusion. It doesn't exist. It's not happening. Um, That's uh, ludicrous, but that's option number one. There are religions that actually believe that we really don't exist. And all I would ask is, okay, can I just go ahead and pop you in the face a couple of times? (laughs) And all of a sudden, reality strikes. I don't think they would want that to happen. And and we'll come back to that. Option two is it's self-created the universe created itself. Option number three is it's self-existent and it's eternal. It's always been here. It's self-existent. And the fourth option is the one that we uh, take as we look into Scripture in that it was created by someone who is self-existent. So And, and so by the time he searched that out, looked it up, he said there, there can't be any more options. I believe that's it. Um, so, Number one, the option that uh, is dealing with an illusion uh, is one that he put forth, and it could be a false illusion, which means that would be ridiculous and impossible. It isn't an illusion if it's false, right? Does that make sense? Get into a little philosophy here, but just think that through, and you go, okay, that that makes sense. Uh, How about a true illusion? Well, if it's a true illusion, someone or something has to exist to have that illusion, right? To make the illusion. And so if this is the case, then that which is giving the illusion must either be self-created, self-existent, or caused by someone that's self-existent. So therefore, there's no such thing as an illusion. I think we have to rule this thing out. It's not an illusion. False or true, (laughs) right? The second one that Sproul came up with is... Um, the universe created itself. And some people believe that. The universe just created itself. Logically, that is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it can't be that it created itself. It's impossible. That would require something to exist before it exists. (laughs) Do we follow that one? This is just easy logic. This is really not that intelligent here, but evidently it has to put forth because they put forth impossibilities when they say, well, this is how the world got here. These are some of the uh, issues that are used to to show how we got here. Um, Nothing anywhere can create itself, can it? How can anything create itself? So we go to the the third option. Uh, These guys say, well... Uh, 15 to 20 billion years ago, the universe created itself. And what they're saying is that something or nothing, absolutely nothing, exploded into something. Scientists. The great intellectual elite. Impossible. Now we come to number three. Well, surely one of these have got to work here, right? Um, and it's the idea that we always existed. The universe existed eternally. It's always been here. Has anybody heard that one before? The universe has always been here. It didn't just get created. It was always here. Well, that can't fly because I'm not eternal and you're not eternal and I know many things, just about everything that I know except for God is not eternal and everyone around us uh, let's say at one time did not exist. And they're saying the universe has always been here. You, you can't be born and then also be always existing. It can't happen. That's impossible. Uh, there's only one option left. So we've exhausted three options. How did we get here? And I, I think that's a good question to start with a lot of people today to ask them how do you think you got here? Uh, matter of fact another one would be where are you going? <laughs> I mean those are pretty basic simple questions but I think people don't think those through. Funny, I, how did I get here? Who am I? Where am I going? Well the fourth option is the only thing that can tell us here and show us this possibility. It was created by someone Someone intelligent, very intelligent, that existed, pre-existed, has intelligent power, and his name is God. How can anybody actually answer any of those other three options? It only leaves it with that. Uh, Matter can't create itself. Only an eternal God who pre-existed, who made it, that could create. So, you might be able to um, pop that on some people one of these days when you find out that they believe in evolution ask them those those other three and I say is that you believe in those three then if you don't believe in god then if they don't believe in those there's nothing else left those are everything else is exhausted they can come up with something on their own but it's going to come in with one of these four uh how many people are, are familiar with Carl Sagan <laughs> had a TV show at one time remember him uh uh, give him credit as much as, he, uh, as you can here. I mean, uh, he did die in 1996, so that's, what, 15 years ago? Uh, but he was probably the elite evolutionist astronomer of the time. And, of course, he did not believe in God. He was definitely an evolutionist, um, quite an astronomer. And he more or less said that all of this just sort of happened his perception was was that it just kind of happened. It, it could be out of out of those other three. Uh, which one would you think it would be? Probably.
1: It created itself.
0: It created itself, right? It just created. <laughs> Isn't that hard to get your mind around? It just created itself. It wasn't here. <laughs> it created itself. It had to have been here before. Um, Ted Koppel, you remember that show? He, nightline. Yeah, Nightline used to come on at 10.30 on one of those other channels, right?
1: When
0: the other talk shows were on. But Ted Koppel interviewed him, and he asked Carl Sagan uh, right at the end of his life. It was just uh, shortly before he died. And, of course, he had spent his whole life in science and studying the universe as an astronomer. He had a lot of knowledge, Sagan did. Koppel said, "...do you, sir, have any words of wisdom for the people of the world?" Kind of interesting, for the people of the world. Do you have any wisdom? Sagan replied, and I quote, We live on a hunk of rock and metal that circles a humdrum star that is one of 400 plus billion other stars that make up the Milky Way galaxy, which is one of billions of other galaxies, which make up a universe which may be one of a large number, perhaps an infinite number of other universes. That is well worth pondering. End quote. That's Carl Sagan. You know, he thought about this. And he thought and thought and thought about it. He had to. But he could never let God be a reality. He could never let him come in and say there was an existence beforehand of intelligence. He couldn't even say that. A brilliant man, in a lot of senses, who was an evolutionist, he knew that the universe existed. But he doesn't know how. He didn't know how it got here. He doesn't know why it got here. Uh, He doesn't know who the Creator really is. That's sad. But we know that everything in the universe is pointing what? Pointing right to God. Everything. Everything in it. Well, here is what Albert Einstein said. Was Albert Einstein a Christian? No. Was he a great intelligent man? Out of intelligence. Well, he said something that would... uh, would actually have been against Carl Sagan. He said, of course there is a massive intelligence behind this universe. A man is a fool who doesn't believe that. Well, that sounds like scripture, doesn't it? Uh, Was Albert Einstein a Christian? No. He said this, but we could never know him. We could never know him. And as far as I know, Albert Einstein never knew God but he said there was an intelligence that made all this. Fantastic! wonder where he got that at. All you have to do is go and look out, right? There's no excuse. There's no excuse, but we could never know him. Um, It's the obvious. It's the obvious that's out there in front of everybody, and yet they refuse to meet the God who wants to be known, who has revealed himself. It's quite, quite incredible. Uh... Why don't we have a word of prayer and we'll get into uh, our text tonight. Dear Holy Father, we thank You that uh, we can gather around and be like-minded. And we know that uh, we sit at Your feet. For we want to know You. You have revealed Yourself. You have spoken in Your written Word. You have given general revelation to everybody. And the Word of God is open for people to see, but it's eventually going to be your Holy Spirit that shows us the truth that's in here that changes our lives, that regenerates us, and has us now to understand these deep things of God. And so, Lord, we don't want to ever take that for granted and that really we know these things because you've revealed them in a general way, but a very specific way, so that we can know you. Even if we could admit, say, we know that God created, if we don't have the relationship with you, then it's still of no value. We have to know you, and that is eternal life. Thank you for opening our hearts and showing up to us who you are. And so, Lord, we are here for one reason, and that's to worship you as we get into the book of Genesis and give you glory. In your Son's name, amen we're in Genesis, and we're moving right along. Uh, we are, um, actually, we were on the fourth day last week, and we didn't quite finish, almost finished the fourth day. And you'll notice I have on your sheets day five and day six. And I know there's somebody out there saying, sure, we're going to get to day six. And up here it even looks scarier because we're going to pick up at day four and finish that section out and then go to day five. Uh There were three things uh, that happened, or uh, the reason for the lights that were put up in the heavens. Uh, We'll pick it up in verse 14. That's where we were at last week, but uh, basically I think we left off at around verse 17. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons for days and years. Uh, There's one of the reasons there. It's the separation of day from night. Then let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. So, Also, there's permanent signs here involved. And I think that's where we might have left off. I'm not sure. No? I think we got that too, didn't we? Signs and seasons for days and years. Okay. So it's separation of day from night. It's also permanent signs as far as uh, regulation and governing for all of life. Let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. And there, that's the third one right there. That's the third reason to give light on the earth, and that's where we're going to pick it up. Then God made two great lights: the great light, uh, the uh, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also, just as in like. Oh yeah, by the way, he made the stars also. <laughs> God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, so the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So separation, then the permanent signs that we still use today, our clocks, calendars, they determine, they dominate our lives. Uh, Also we see that there is another reason. To give light on the earth. Aren't you glad we have light? <laughs> Aren't you glad it's uh, you can walk outside at night and have a little bit of moonlight? A little bit, sometimes. Um, it, and this is, it's a, this is a permanent thing here. Uh, whenever he did it, right at the end of verse 15, to give light on the earth, let them be lights in the firmaments, to give light on the earth, and it was so. And it was so. Just that little phrase. And it was so. That means that's, permanently done. He did it. It's permanent. Uh, we can turn to Psalm 33 as we often go to Psalms. Gives uh, some good correlation. Back up on the creation. A lot of a lot of verses dealing with creation in Scripture. 33.9 For He spoke and it was done. <laughs> he commanded it stood fast. So He said it. That was it. Boom. It happened. It's it's not over a course of time. It's not a process. And that's all we hear about so much today. It's a process. It's over time. Progressive creationism. Holy, Totally against that idea. He fixed it, and it was firm. That's the way it was. It was established. Right there out of Psalm 33.9, it says the same thing. So you have the sun. That's definitely our chief source of light and energy on earth. We talked about that a little bit. You have a light spectrum, and that is absolutely essential for having any kind of life on earth. It was much needed. We had to. How can we see light? That should have taken millions of years, people might say. And you guys have the answer for that one, right? Well, whenever he spoke and said, let there be light, it was automatically there and the light from all the other stars out of all the other galaxies were shining too and they all made it to the earth. They appeared as if they had been here for millions of years but it took just the matter of speaking. And uh, there you go. Uh, simple. <laughs> but I like that little addendum there. Uh, the stars also. Oh, what He made the stars also. doesn't give us any commentary on that. He just made the stars also. Well, most of this is centering on his great creation of of the earth. There's the rest of creation out there in the universe, but where is the focus at? It's right here. Right here, this this earth. And so this is coming from an earthly perspective. That's that's the view here. The sun and the moon appear as two great lights. But you'll notice that the Earth is all in that area. There's vast galaxies of stars, but he doesn't really get into that. He just says, by the way, he didn't make the stars, too. He knows them by what? Name. He names them. (laughs) Billions of galaxies? How many stars are in galaxies? My mind is starting to (sighs) get ready to explode to think about this. What's that Mm -hmm. big Big bang bang. Yeah, my head. That's the big bang. (laughs) (laughs) Try and imagine it. That's good. (laughs) It's kind of like a footnote, isn't it? And the stars. I'd love to find out more about those stars. Well, he gives us more stuff.
1: I I think it also emphasizes that it's not as important as the sun and the moon which does govern the day and governs Mm -hmm. the night.
0: Right. There you go. Mm -hmm. And that was a big emphasis there. Yeah, that's very good.
1: And then he gave us Holy Giglios. (laughs)
0: I'll explain it. Yeah. So if you want to know about the stars, (laughs) yeah. So it's almost like he gave us the stars to
2: give us a sense of awe and wonder because we'll never get there. I mean, you know, at least I don't. I don't think so. But I mean, it's just he just. I think there's a certain element of of giving it, giving the stars to us for our for our enjoyment And, and navigation.
0: That's right. There's
2: okay, there's reasons I mean, for that.
0: North yeah. Star is yeah. and such.
2: And the the stars in the southern hemisphere are different. And I, and I, I never knew that. But.
0: And you very rarely can see those uh, uh, unless it's the right time. But most out of the southern hemisphere is a different look for us, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's
2: amazing. So besides navigation, I just can't see any 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 use for them. Except that I'm sure that they have a purpose. That
1: is bigger than what so i could even think of. Well, you can determine what cool, cool, cool. season it yeah. is, if you know, it's, it's, it can't tell, yeah. just by being there, by where they're located. <laughs> <in. laughs> <laughs> what the season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the big
0: difference is a little lower than it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, pulled, you know, I studied under Sagan, so... <laughs> I studied under
1: Sagan. Did
0: you ever watch his show? Anybody watch a show? Maybe.
1: You know, I
0: always heard about it. I don't think I ever watched it.
1: Well,
0: you see, there's more of the star yeah. thing than that. Oh. You had a book years ago sure. about Reds the
1: stars the and the uh, uh, different uh, uh, what? Ah, uh, move on. on. Psalm eight. <laughs> That's
0: another story. Oh, they're out there. I mean, <laughs> just yeah, it just goes on and on and on and on. I know it's 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 amazing, but God has quite quite the. Well, how can you not? Everybody here is in awe and wonder every time we see something like that. Psalm 8 1. All of this really is for God's glory. So that's how we sum up. What were all the rest of the stars there for? Well, here we go. O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Your glory. There's why there is creation. That is why we are here. That is why the earth is here. The stars are here. Anything you can imagine and think of, that's why they're here. If they're created by God, He made them for one real reason. For His glory. That's what it's about. Psalm 19. Oh yeah, one of the best chapters on God revealing through um, general revelation and specific revelation. General revelation is creation. And specific revelation is the Word of God. And you find that here in Psalm 19, divided at the end of verse 6. The first six verses are creation. The rest of the chapter then is dealing with the Word of God. The heavens declare what? The glory of God. That's what they're about. And the firmament shows His handiwork So, there is a revelation of God just in creation. Starting in verse 7, then he starts talking about the Word of God. And you'll notice that he calls it different things, like the law of the Lord and tells what it is. It's perfect. What kind of law? It's perfect. What does it do? It converts the soul. So, now we're getting into direct revelation. Anybody can see outside that God has done something. Anybody can imagine it. The least youngest little kid that understands it all knows God made that. The statutes of the Lord are what? Right. And what do they do? What's the result? Rejoicing in the heart. Does, do you guys have a rejoicing in your heart when you get into God's Word? Isn't a little rejoicing there? The commandment of the Lord is pure. And what does it do? It enlightens what? The eyes. There's, there's enlightenment. Nine, the fear of the Lord, and the fear of the Lord is dealing again with who God is and what He's revealed, and um, it can go right along with the Word of God. It's clean. What does it do? It endures forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. All of that is dealing with His revealed uh, uh, revelation. Uh, "...more to be desired are they than gold, yea, they much find gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb, moreover by them your servant is worn, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless. I shall be innocent of great transgression." Look at this. "...let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart... Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Psalm writer, this is David. And you can imagine all those nights that he spent out uh, side with uh, being a shepherd of the sheep and writing something like this about the glory of God. And he says, he not only has revealed that way, but look at the sweet word of God that he's given us. And I meditate on that. May that be acceptable in your sight, God. Man after God's own heart. That's why he's known as that. All for God's glory. One other thing. Um, In Psalm 8, 3 and 4, we might have been there already. But this is... It's all about that he's making... A home and all of his creation day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, even the first part of day six, it's all preparing for the apex of his creation. That's us, mankind. Making a home for his image bearers. We bear his image. When I consider your heavens the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. what is man that you're mindful of him and the Son of man that you visit him? Mm-hmm. One thing he's talking about the Messiah but he's also talking about us and it can be applied in different texts but what's he saying what is man that you would think of him even over all of this this grand creation and then to make us the apex? This is where it's all headed to. He's preparing it. He's preparing a place. And that reminds me of what he's doing now. I go to prepare a place for you without any corruption. The perfect place to live forever is being prepared for each one of us. Wow. And there won't be a chance for sin to come in there and blow it again. We're guaranteed. Great. Okay, hey, I think we finished uh that day four. Ready for day five? <laughs> Where are we at? Verse uh we verse twenty? Eighteen says, and to rule over the day and over the night, and divide the light from darkness. We've seen that. God saw that it was good, right? He saw that it was good. It's it's getting ready. What he's made so far there. And so the evening and the morning were the fourth day. This is the twenty four hour day period and you remember that we were looking at parallels last week. there's a sequence that's happening like in day one day one corresponds to day four. you have light on day one and on day four you have the stellar bodies right uh, day two corresponds to day five in that you have the seas and the heavens. You remember the, the splitting there? Seas and the heavens. And then on day five, you have um, a population, uh, it's being populated then um, as far as the, what we just have seen, the seas and, and the heavens. Day three will correspond to day six in that you have the earth and the vegetation and then you will have it, that's being prepared and what is populated now that comes in will now consume the vegetation. That God has made. So every one of them, kind of 1 and 4, 2 and 5, day 3 and day 6. Okay, verse 20. What does it start off with? Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. (gasps) An abundance of living creatures, what's that
1: quick
0: yeah, that's quick yeah that's it that's that's day five that's it God spoke something that didn't exist, ex nihilo it didn't exist, and now existed, how quick was it like that as soon as it as soon as he said it it happened existence out of nothing, only God can do that uh, it, uh in the King James, you might have a phrase that's uh, "let let the waters swarm with swarming things."
1: It's a team
0: okay, yeah. Uh, my version says, "Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures." Now, the waters are not going to give birth to them. God is creating them. But what's happening? Uh, he is filling all the seas all over the world and not only seas and oceans lakes, rivers, ponds all the water bodies and all of a sudden it's just like they are teeming uh, they're streaming uh, they're they're crisscrossing they're just filling this up abounding and that wasn't millions of years this was in a moment's time can you imagine there was nothing there in the water and all of a sudden all these fish are there. Can you imagine having a rod and reel out on a boat or something? Um, verse eleven
1: says, I think you invented that word, Dennis.
0: "What's that?" I think you invented that word. What was it? King or Kim or Oh, it's in a it's in a Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Bible. in the NIV. Yeah, I. I... I didn't invent it then. I didn't write the United... Okay, <laughs> Okay. <fine. Got> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll go that route. <laughs> uh, verse 11, Let God, uh, God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that you'll seed and the fruit. So there again, it's the same kind of thing. It, it comes up, it, it's going to um, let the earth sprout vegetation. Okay? Boom, it does. Here it's saying, let the fish just swarm. Swarm with swarming things. It's a kind of a play on word. I think the, there's a word for it, para-namesia. Okay, get that? All right. Uh, but it's the idea of movement. That's what we're dealing with, and when we're talking about abundance of living creatures here, that's the thought. There we've already seen vegetation, right? The vegetation is there now. And as soon as he puts the the all the fish into all the water bodies, um uh, they're moving. Uh, There's a distinctiveness here that you see in living creatures versus plants. Now, we know that plants are alive. They're either alive or dead. But in this sense, it's a different kind of word in that uh, plants are not mobile. They can't get up and move. These living creatures are something that are mobile. Uh, They move. uh, They move a lot. And so what God did, He willed that into the midst of these waters that were inanimate, there was nothing there, and all of a sudden from one end of the seas to the other ends, all over the world at that very moment, they became alive with swarming things, living things, living creatures. The sea just began to swarm <laughs> in a moment's time. All right, wow. so i got a
2: good deep scientific question for you, and you can answer it next Ooh,
0: week. Ooh, I'm not a scientist, so... Uh don't ask it to me. Well,
2: so now did the fish eat fish, or did the fish eat plants before the fall? I mean,
0: well, there was no death. Okay. As you pointed out a few yeah. weeks ago, so I, I well, take it that, there,
2: but even if you go with the Morris view from Institute for Creation Research, they would if I remember from my studying them, they discounted that by saying that the fish didn't have the breath of life.
0: In so, like like this word like here, a, this like a, yeah like nefesh.
2: Okay. Yeah, and we'll get into that word. So well, they may yeah. you know, that, then that may not have. I mean, I I don't know. Or you know,
0: it's uh, possibility. We I, I don't think we know. Uh, somehow he provided food for him. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, the the word nefesh, and that's where we get into this life, this living uh, living creature, right? Then um, that's what it, the idea is. It's speaking of soul. And that's why he would use that. You have plants, and then you also have these fish, and then animals, and then you have man. But this kind of life here speaks of a soul or a being uh, or a life. Uh, This is for the very first time as far as... As Earth and its creation bring is me to the next question. I
2: mean, you don't have to answer any of these. These are, these are just things that keep me awake at night. Um, <laughs> because you know, I'm going to call you up you tonight. Know, were all the fish destroyed in the flood? No.
0: Uh, I don't, there would not been a reason too, because that was their habitat.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, because didn't. He didn't put them in the ark. So right. therefore, uh, but, yeah. as many as he wanted to live, they they did. I'm sure right. many died but, too. I
2: mean, you know, he just, but he <laughs> destroyed he destroyed every everything that lived on the land. Yeah. You know, and so these are just.
0: You've just been thinking this all your life, no, haven't you? I mean, no. Just every once in a while, yeah. that question comes up. See, what about friend. all the fish in the sea? Yeah, you know,
1: because yeah, you're going to think one about and dolphins, tonight. aren't you? No, actually. And kill I the I the I I'm I thought about fish he lives destroyed water. I thought he destroyed all the fish in the sea too. But Guess then what? he'd had to recreate. Well, maybe he did.
0: Because because uh, he didn't put them on the ark, I don't think they were destroyed. There might have been some killed, but it's in the sea.
2: Well, we see fossils of sea creatures. Right. So there, okay. you know, so some were just right. destroyed.
0: No way that they could not be. With you got all the fountains we, of the deep coming up. When we get to
2: the flood, you know, we're going to have to study really hard. Where he said, "I will destroy everything," or whatever. You
0: know, that's chapter six. That's You're right. really thinking ahead. Okay, but uh, we'll keep that in mind.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: it is 2013. Right.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, one thing we know for sure: plants don't have the nefesh. All right, they don't have that soulish life. They, there's a life there. You know, they're living, but they don't have the the life like the creatures have. Plants can't move. They're not conscious. Okay. And so uh, um, the fish, are go- uh, there, there's a consciousness there. there. And that's what we're talking about, this abundance of living creatures, this point one that we're talking about here. There's two parts to it. There is the creation of conscious life and then there's recreation or reproduction, I guess you could say, reproduction that comes out of those, those living things, those living animals. Um, but anyway and they live on instinct but maybe they're not as aware as, as a, like a self-consciousness that we have uh, and there's the animal instinct and the DNA code that's been given them to uh, have a, a tremendous control on, on what they do uh, but their species will be preserved uh, because of of that. They're distinguished. They're definitely distinguished from plants though. These uh, these are as he says living creatures and that's the idea. Um Varieties. Can you imagine all the varieties of life that is in the sea that we haven't even discovered yet? And, you know, all of the different um, television shows that you've seen that they have these amazing cameras now that can go down. I don't know how far they can go down, but you used to couldn't even do that. Now you see all the different sizes and the uh, shapes and colors and characteristics. That is going on in that sea world. uh, We'd be amazed. It might take um, the rest of uh, eternity to discover all the things that God has created. Yeah, Barb. In Genesis 7:22, it says
1: everything on dry land has the breath of life and it's not to
0: die. And the key is what? Dry Dry land there. So, but and had that been in the sea?
1: Huh? Well, we—I
0: definitely, I, I would think so. He would have had to recreate because they weren't put on the ark. Okay. And he doesn't recreate. He,
2: it, it specifies flesh several times. And then in 17, I'll bring a flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. The on the earth.
0: No, we're talking, we're talking the earth as being... The land Mm -hmm. masses, or are we talking about? Are we talking about the sea too? Every time it
2: kept saying flesh, flesh, flesh. But also the the breath of life, which, like I said, from what I'd studied with the Institute for Creation Research, that that fish don't have the breath of life.
0: Okay. So therefore, as far as eating. Yeah.
2: So I mean, I'm not going to say that it's a differentiation between having lungs and having gills. But, he, but they, they concluded that, that fish do not have the breath of life.
0: So that could qualify. We can hold in that until
2: sense. when we get to... Okay. Well, what about...
0: the flood. A
1: flood. A things that come up in... Well, that would have the
2: breath of life. No,
1: well,
2: that's... That, but that's that nephes. Yeah, see? Yeah. Oh, see, I got away ahead. I'm sorry. i <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'll shut up. <laughs>
1: No, really, because, he yeah, nobody sleep. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody's sleeping at night. all stay stay up, up, up a, a little, little bit later. All swarming creatures. In 21, didn't, didn't their creatures swarm in the sea, too, that it created? Oh, we're contradicting you, oh. Questions? Talk see you
0: Suggest- Do we want creation or the flood? What's going on here? All right. Yes, okay. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. Marco. Okay. No. So anyway, they just kept
0: creating. Well, we'll wait till we get there. Okay. All right. <laughs> God, God created conscious beings, all right? That's, that's what he's done here. And they can move, um, and uh, there's a massive amount of them they're swarming, and that's the idea there, and it was all instantaneously, simultaneously, and you have the fish and the whales, the eels, the plankton, no process, there they are. And uh, when, when it gets into kind, uh, that means that, there's a, uh, that they possess the limitations here to, uh, let's say, of uh, variation. You know They can vary in their own kind, but there's a limitation. They can't go outside and be... You know, a fish is always going to be a fish or a particular kind of fish. A catfish is going to be a catfish. Now, I don't know if there's some... Has anybody heard of a catfish mingling with some... But a fish is a fish, right? It only go so far. Now, how about the birds in the air? Now, we've taken care of the water. Right in that same verse 20, let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So he speaks that. Boom, there they are. And you took if you took the depths of the sea where it hasn't been diluted, you'll find that almost there's a limitless amount of life there. I mean, how could you ever even know how much there are there? Well, if you look into the air, it's not as much. It's not swarming like it is in the sea here. When it says, let the waters abound with abundance, it says, let the birds fly above the earth. Well, there are a lot of them and especially at certain times you can see a lot of birds up in the air, but they're not swarming and crisscrossing and taking up all of that space in the air like they are in the sea. Mark. There's based on what you
1: said. Quite frequently we hear about new species being discovered and they give them new names. But didn't God already name, or let man, first man, you know, name everything. Yeah, he
0: probably already had it named. Or at least he did of those particular. You know, there could be it could be going on and on and on with, within a particular species. You know, you have all sorts of different kinds of dogs and such. Did Adam give the cocker spaniels the name? And you know, you go on down to d- different names for each one. It doesn't really say that, but um, you know, uh, no doubt if it was if it was a real animal for itself, it's something that has always been here, right?
1: Oh, species something.
0: And they didn't know before. They discovered that but and they have to give it a name because we don't we don't know what that is. But um
1: and is that the name God gives? That's okay. It? I don't know what name God
0: gave it. Uh it's probably a Latin name we wouldn't be able to understand it anyway, right? Yeah. Um of course we know that God created that on the at that same time at least within that that kind. Um, These birds are to be free to fly, and there they are, flying. And he mentions great sea creatures coming up here. I like this in verse 21. So, God created great sea creatures. Now, he's already done that in this um, creation of the fish. But he mentions these great sea creatures and every living thing that moves. See, that shows us when everything was created. And of course, because of that creation, they have to keep on going. So how is that going to happen? Well, he's going to come down and and, uh, mention procreation in a moment. But here he's saying that everything that's ever been made, it was there. It wasn't meant over, what, billions of years again. It was right there at that time. Uh, Great Sea creatures. The word is "tannin" in the Hebrew, and it means any large Um, creature—a sea serpent, a dragon. You see those words mentioned in Scripture. Let's let's turn to a few passages. Go to uh, to Isaiah. Isaiah has a few. Isaiah twenty-seven one. You say, why does he mention these great sea creatures here? Is it possible that these could be dinosaurs? You know? see if we can get any help here. 27.1 In that day, the Lord with His severe sword, great and strong, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. Leviathan, that twisted serpent. And He will slay the reptile that is in the sea. Um, there are, are a lot of uh, imageries in Isaiah as he brings forth... Um, some elements, and especially when you get into God's punishment on the nations, and uh, of course in Isaiah, you'll see that constantly. You'll see the good news interspersed in there and the restoration of Israel. But here he's talking; he does bring forth this Leviathan. Well, we see this again in chapter 51, 9 and 10, and the Leviathan is dealing with uh, um, the sea, as he mentions there. 51, 9, and
1: 10.
0: Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the ancient of days and the generations of old. Are you not the arm that cut Rahab apart and wounded the serpent? And then he talks about, here's the, the sea. Are you not the one who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep that made the depths of the sea road? the crossover. Again, imagery, but he's relating something that they would know about. Uh, this one uh, has a has a name. It's called Rahab. I don't think we're talking about Rahab the harlot here, but um, it, it's when God used some kind of overcoming here. But they also would have known about these sea creatures, and um, so Isaiah has mentioned it in a couple of verses. Let's see if in the Psalms we can get something else that might be able to add to that. In Psalm 74, 13 and
1: 14,
0: you divided the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea serpents in the waters. Sea serpents. You broke the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gave him as food to the people inhabiting the wildernesses. Now he's mentioning again the sea, and maybe this is um, maybe the parting of the Red Sea possibly, right? When the children of Israel crossed over, he's giving them a little bit of history. Uh, sea serpents could be something like uh, whales, uh, sharks, other large sea creatures, maybe dinosaur type creatures that were in the sea. Um, he does mention Leviathan. We'll get into um, Job. Go to uh, Job seven, twelve. Am I a sea or a sea serpent? that you set a guard over me. So he's mentioning sea serpents. Again, could be a, a whale, something really big. Something big, uh, a, a giant creature that's, that's in the sea. Chapter 26 of Job, verse 13. And we know that Job very well could have been possibly written before the flood. There are different... Um, Views on this, but if Job was actually a character that was before the flood, these uh, existed uh, in plentiful situations, probably. He could possibly have been living during the time of dinosaurs. Yes?
2: Didn't Job do sacrifices, though? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, okay, but did we have sacrifices before the law? Mm hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, going back to Adam, or uh, well, Adam and Eve, they, Cain and oh, okay. Cain and Abel. Oh,
2: okay, gotcha.
0: Yeah, they did burn. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: They burned stuff. <laughs> I was I, Well, you know, burn stuff.
0: Just thinking, one of those questions that could um, keep you up all night.
1: <laughs>
0: By his spirit, he adorned the heavens. His hand pierced the fleeing serpent. So we see, again we see serpent. And we're seeing some things like mythological creatures. Yeah, I mean, you hear about that coming from different um, nations. Uh, the land of Canaan, when the children of Israel, whenever they went in there, they heard about stories about these particular animals that were huge, that were like dinosaurs or sea creatures. Uh, maybe they were called gods. Dagon was one of that. That was called the fish god. And so, you know, there were these gods that had to beat other gods. There were the good gods, and then there were the bad gods, and they had all sorts of wars against each other. And uh, the good gods had a hard time defeating the bad gods. And if you didn't bring the right stuff uh, to please the good gods, then you would get uh, rain taken away from you, or you'd get floods or something, you know, (laughs) to the extremes... And so when we see some of this terminology in the Bible, it's like, wait a minute, God, this is almost like confusing. Uh, I thought all this was in mythology. And we see that he's using a language here that the Jewish people would understand. When Moses wrote uh, Genesis here, right here in chapter 1, even though that is history... It's also a time period when he wrote it like in 1500 BC whenever the people went into Canaan for instance they would have heard of all of these kind of stories they probably already have they came from that background it was all around them so it was not anything foreign to them look in Job chapter 40 verse 15 Look now at the behemoth, which I made along with you. He eats grass like an axe. Ox, an axe.
1: <laughs>
0: See now his strength. Now look at this. Look how he's described. See now his strength is in his hips, and his power is in his stomach muscles. He moves his tail like a cedar. We're not talking a cedar branch. We're talking about a big cedar tree, like the, the cedars that were from Lebanon. The sinews of his thighs are tightly knit, his bones are like beams of bronze, his ribs like bars of iron. He's using similes, it's like this, but I think it's more than just a little alligator here. He's the first of the ways of God, only he who made him can bring near his sword. Surely the mountains yield food for him and all the beasts of the field play there. He lies under the lotus trees in a covert of reeds and marsh. The lotus trees cover him with their shade. The willows by the brook surround him. Indeed, the river may rage, yet he is not disturbed. He is confident, though the Jordan gushes into his mouth, though he takes it in his eyes, or one pierces his nose with a snare. That is a a description of the behemoth some people said you know it's it's like an elephant here um it's 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 huge, it's big, it has a lot of strength, hippopotamus, some say, or we could go a little bit further with that, and I bet you we might have something back here, right yeah. that's that's pretty pretty stout isn't it so you'll, you'll get that a lot. And they don't like to say that there could have been dinosaurs. That's what
1: yeah. it, sounds like God <laughs> it sure does. Isn't that like a transliteration? We aren't quite sure what
0: it is. What do you mean? As in the, the language of Hebrew? or, or Yeah. That's that what would be I think in the Hebrew it would probably be pronounced like that. I'm not sure uh to be real honest with you. Have to check that out. In English
1: terms, transliteration.
0: That would be just like what how the Hebrew people would pronounce it, right? And it's translated into to English.
1: Well, no, the, ter- the transliteration means that we don't quite know what they're talking about. <laughs> We don't quite know what that
0: is. Yeah, there's been good discussions. I'll put it like this. In the uh, evangelical realm, you'll get different uh, ideas on what this could be. But like what what she's talking about back there, if you take these, and and we know there's imagery, but the imagery is meant there for a reason. She said like a a tail like a cedar. We're, We're talking about a... Something big that is very, very strong. And God is taking this to the nth degree. He's taking it to the ultimate. He's not just taking some kind of animal that would, everybody would always see all the time. He's taking it with its great strength. Where were you whenever I created that? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, go ahead. So, Jenny, uh, i was, I told my granddaughter, at the time
1: she was about 11 years old, and uh, I didn't tell her what I was going to read, but I said, now picture this... <coughs> I read her uh, the behemoth description. Eleven years old. She's <laughs> like <That's> a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She'd never even heard this before. Heard
0: right? Never heard anything about it. Even
1: when you said something about a serpent and it could be a big fish or whatever, it couldn't be a big fish because when he talked about knowing the whale, he talked about that as a fish. So you couldn't. Goes beyond it. the whale, doesn't yes. it? Yeah
0: something different it's something bigger possibly yeah in 41 you have the leviathan can you draw out leviathan with a hook I mean you can't go out and catch this like a, a rotten reel and reels but you know you're going to hook that thing in or snare his tongue with a line which you lower you think you're going to do that can you put a reed through his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook this thing's huge Will he make many supplications to you? Will he speak softly to you? Will he make a covenant with you? Will he, will you take him as a servant forever? Will you play with him as with a bird? Or will you leash him with your maidens? Will your companions make a banquet? <laughs> he keeps showing, hey, Job, you know, hey, look, I'm, I'm bigger than this. And I'm the one that created this. And you can't even control that. You can't control a Leviathan. Look at the mighty power that he has. And so you get... Um, You're talking rows of scales uh, that this one has. Um, Oh, by the way, where is it? Out of his mouth go burning lights. Sparks of fire shoot out. Smoke goes out of his nostrils as from a boiling pot and burning rushes. Is it possible that there could have been some kind of a dragon or some kind of huge animal that could have actually had some kind of a fire coming out? You know, we've always heard these in legends, cartoons. But is it possible that God could have had something like that at that time? Is, is that possible? Most people like to write that off. Yes, Carmela.
1: Yeah. When it's mine a, bomb. a bomb. Yeah, the
0: two chemicals in there, and they don't explode in a stump. He knows exactly when to put those two together to spit that out. How a, a good five foot, and it makes it's pinpointed, perfect shot every time. But he knows exactly when to do those chemicals. Only God could make that happen. Bombardier uh, that's what that is, yeah, it,
2: it will when we talk about those big animals and smoke coming out of its nostrils, it could also be like when we breathe out when it's cold outside, you see you know you see your breath the
1: coming out. but
2: with an animal that big and you see their breath, you know I mean that's a lot more volume than we put out Wow. except for politicians exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: His breath kindles coals, wow <laughs> wow yeah. anyway um these these cult like religions and all the pagan religions you know they were taking in all these other gods there was you know ancient uh stories and epics that they had but uh then they were anti-god you know all those kind of made up sea monsters but we could see that god definitely could have uh, or or there were there were dinosaurs at one time and we would tend to think um they got destroyed in the flood we don't see those kind of creatures and of course we can go in to all that but what we're talking about here is there's such a diversity and complexity that, that God has. you know, He goes to the smallest little animal, to these huge animals, and uh, the, the created order. It just magnifies the wisdom of God, the power of God, and His intelligence is unbelievable. The variances that He has on everything. Uh, there is no way that one could ever get bored with looking at uh, all the creatures. You got turned loose just to see all the different kinds. And of course, we have videos that we can show today and just see all the amazing creatures. How many are out there that haven't even been discovered yet? uh, But anyway, some of those amazing sea creatures. Yeah, that was, uh, there's um, one called an archer fish. Anybody know about the archer fish? Do we have that, Carmella? You have an archer fish description?
1: But
0: if he stays close to the surface of the sea, he can actually go faster and further. But he took out his little wings. Now, that's a bird, right? Oh, it's it's a flying fish. Mm -hmm. So it is a fish. You know, know, we we look at that and say, I really wasn't. That interested in science and biology and stuff when I went through junior high and high school Mm -hmm. and then college, I would take the least amount that I could. And I can't remember to this day a lot of that. But now as you take a God-centered view and you look at creation and then you see all the different ones that he has made, just incredible, showing off. He's just putting on display how great he is by just, for instance, like, like the fish. And now it's like it takes on a different angle than it used to. Back then I had to try to get a grade. (laughs) Get enough to get by. I don't care about science. I want out of here. They
1: didn't teach us about
0: stuff like this anymore. They could have fun with it, couldn't they? Well, that archer fish spits jets of water at insects on leaves. Boom, he hits him right there and then he makes him drop right there on the water. Do you have one? The archer fish?
1: That's pretty cool.
0: I saw it from right here. Is that a picture or a video?
1: on it It is a video.
0: The day and age we live in.
1: Are you guys seeing it? Is that
0: so and and he's pinpointed. I mean, all these you know kind of fish, they, they don't miss their targets.
1: <laughs>
0: but um, he, and he's also camouflaged, at least to the target. And he's like invisible because there he is underneath, or if he's taking that shot, and then he makes them go into the water. the leaves hanging over the water, and then, there they are. And then he goes after them and gets them. uh You know, God designed it to be that way. Then you have the the remember the seahorse? You guys remember seeing uh, you know those things? They reproduce uh, opposite way. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Uh, it's the female takes the eggs uh, over to the male, puts them into a pouch, and then there's the gestation period, and then he gives birth to the uh, the babies. Now that's interesting, isn't it? So God did a little bit of variance there with these little seahorses. Incredible. You guys know about the, uh, what is it, the uh, hermit cat, crab? You know about that? Hermit crab doesn't have any shell. You think, well, how can it exist? How, you know, it's it, no protection. Well, it goes around and finds shells to get into, and it kind of lives that way, right? You familiar with the, those hermit crabs?
1: Uh-uh. You know, I was just thinking about... If and you have to know that dinosaurs were on Earth at the same time as man. They were here, obviously. But then, when I started thinking about, okay, so what happened to them in the
0: flood? The then what?
1: What happened to them in the flood?
0: You talking about the dinosaurs?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, most of them, uh, that flooded over.
1: Well, what I'm saying is, didn't they breathe air, though? They were mammals. mhm. Yeah, yeah,
0: I will tell you. Uh, well, speak, reptiles, there was a leviathan. Have you guys ever seen in pictures of where there was a huge sea creature found by um, out in the ocean by a Russian ship? And Penny remembers seeing that in a picture. And they they caught this thing. They revealed it, it, it had just. Died real recently or something. I don't know what happened. But anyway, they brought that thing up. They had a crane or something. They cranked it up. And I don't know, it was like 20 feet, 30 feet long. It was, you know, incredibly large.
1: More recently, the Japanese found it.
0: Ah, yes.
1: It was a little more deteriorated than the one that the Russians had. It was the same. It was so deep in the ocean that it was pretty well preserved.
0: Yeah. So some of them... Survived.
1: I'm guessing they still live down there somehow. But, you know, like, nest monster. <laughs> like, like, the, uh, like the dinosaurs, you know, they. we talked about that before. They probably took little, little ones on ours, but we don't know how long it would take for a gestation period if they were going to have babies. So, you know, just in that sense, when the flood was over... Right. Yeah, they could couldn't survive uh yeah. so we don't know how hmm. yeah. so yeah. yeah. you know? Well and there was, there were a lot of uh in history there was a lot of oh. reports about uh type creatures in uh, England. Yeah, yeah, chicken, yeah. But
0: they appear <laughs> like a dragon. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> not
0: huge, but they have right. that look.
1: Right. We, and oh, my! Right.
0: Those great big up. Ended up being some of those what are those
1: nasty little? Yes, and so maybe they're just not
0: as big. Well, you know what? We 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 are past eight o'clock. I can't even believe it. I looked up and I went, "Wait, you kidding me?" But we might just have to start showing a video or something one night, like what he drew up there. But just, uh, you know, you could probably look up any of these things. Like the albatross, 12 feet wingspan. Now we're getting into birds here. I need to go ahead and close it out. But the albatross can fly like 1,000 miles a day. 1,000 miles a day. It doesn't really have to land and touch on anything. Uh, but it can, but not necessarily uh, ground. It it might uh, just kind of rest a little bit on, on the water and then take right back off again. But a thousand miles a day, and some of these go from, uh, there's one that goes from the North Pole to the South Pole and back to the North Pole in one year, and that's a lot of miles logging there. Um, you have eagles flying a hundred miles an hour. Uh, I mean, you think of all the different birds, you think of all the different fish, all of them, are, they do different things. And you think, wow, what a God we really have. You know, we take these things for granted. Wild kingdom and all that, you know, remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool, but, wow. Well. anyway, we better close. Thank you guys for coming out tonight. And um, I don't know if we got very far in our text there, but it was talking about the uh, the fish and the birds, right? And we'll move into day six. This this is day five. God had all this prepared when man came along, and He's preparing it for habitation of mankind. That's really where it's really pointing to, and that's really where it really gets just really awesome. So, hopefully, when we get into day six and dealing with creation of man and such, uh, see what God God's plan is there. Unbelievable. Uh, let's uh, let's stand and let's close with a word of prayer. Eldon, if I could have you close us there.
1: Well, we thank you for your word. much of us that we don't understand the, the images and things that are beyond our ability. We just trust you, have faith in you, that uh, it is as you said. And we give you thanks for it. We pray now for this next day and week in our lives that you would be active and work in us.
0: And move through it. We have to sit in Christ. Amen. Amen. And. The best bird of all, the Cardinals.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> World Series, here we come. World
1: Series, There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Let's go. I <laughs> saw so the Cardinal on your shirt and I go, oh yeah, that's that's, okay. the, that's a bird of birds. <laughs> so we'll be good.
1: Okay, we'll make it one season selling back you